Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations, or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. TJ, you there? Knight joins us tonight or today. It depends on where you are in the world. We've got a huge following around the world. So welcome all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet we call home. Gaia, uh, Sophia, just Mother Earth. We'll ask Richard what he calls it, (laughs) home. (laughs) But we are Terrans and we have a large uh, following for this brand, TJ Marcy, T-Radio. And I'm really shocked at how many people out of country is tuning into our show. We've been here eight years, and Richard T. Knight has done about three, maybe four shows with us and has agreed to uh, help us around the world as a knight in shining armor, so to speak. I call him Sir Richard, but uh, he is one of our knights of the round table and our spiritual metaphysical world so uh, a lot of people ask me uh, if he's a gamer and I don't know so we're going to get to know Richard because Richard's been called forth by those above for all of those of you that believe in the conscious knowing and those that believe in angels and extraterrestrials and the ascension way of we are here 
on a learning planet, and some call it a prison planet, but I don't like the doom and gloom. I prefer to think of us all learning about how we can evolve and be better people. So without further ado, I'm going to ask my new uh, friend, even though we've known each other at least in this reality for three years on LinkedIn, which you may recognize in a 3D world, we're going to talk about all levels of consciousness. Richard T. Knight, Sir Richard, can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you. Bright and lovely, as always. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, we've had a good response to you and your voice. And I've had some feedback that uh, the women love you. (laughs) How did I know they would? (laughs) I don't uh, know. (laughs) Well, uh, give us a little background. Uh, We have everybody just do a simple bio when they're getting into radio. And we give everybody a year, so that lets them uh, become sort of initiates and trainees. But you've done a few shows in the past on Blog Talk Radio, so I wouldn't say you're really a neophyte. So tell people how much uh, experience you've had in uh, radio, please, with Aloha Spirit, if you know what I mean, or uh, Andrew. Go ahead. Yes, uh, Andrew and I did uh, what you would call mini readings off and on for about three years, uh, based out of uh, originally, um, let's see, I think it was, Oh, heck, Phoenix, Arizona, and then he moved to Flagstaff, and we were doing Flagstaff for a while, and uh, this was done on a weekly situation about every Sunday, and we'd do it for a couple hours, and we probably got, I don't know how many people to call in, and we did mini ratings, and this was done kind of in a roundtable kind of situation, because we had psychics come on from all over the world and all over the country, and uh, basically a person would call in, we'd do mini readings, and and of course, uh, we'd do kind of like uh, share the share the mic, you could kind of say, because in other words, Andrew would ask me or ask one of the other guests, you know, what they were picking up on the individual person, and all we asked for was a name and a date of birth and uh, their astrological sign, and basically we would do roundtable, and and each of us would give them feedback as to what uh, if they posed a question, we would answer the question for them, and if not, then it would just be a general form and be, you know, whatever we picked up intuitively or psychically on their behalf. And we did that for about three years. And then in addition to that, uh, Gigi out of Atlanta, uh, Gwendolyn Adams, okay, she and she and I were co-hosts for another show that was basically spiritually based. And that was done on uh, Sundays as well, but at a different time zone because naturally uh, we're here in Georgia, so we're on Eastern time, whereas Andrew was, of course, on uh, more or less Pacific time from where he was con- going from, at least two to three hours difference anyway. And I, and Gigi and I did that for about two years or so. And then, of course, I've, I've also been on the radio with Janet Lesson and her husband, Sasha. And that was uh, a, approximately, let's see, 11 and a half hours of interviews where I basically shared my timeline or life story, or at least the highlights thereof. And that's all on AquarianRadio.com. And that's archived over there. There are also archived interviews on Andrew Aloha, which is... Um, spiritual oh doggone can't think of it now but anyway if you, if you look up andrew aloha on the net uh you'll find him um and he's back in the radio business now but as far as i know he's up and running once again and we're good friends and so uh, all together probably about seven years i guess experience on the radio 
Well, seven is a wonderful number, especially on the planet going around the sun, and that's one of God's favorite numbers, seven. So for all you folks out there, we're eternalists, immortalists. I don't know how to explain that except that we accept that alien civilizations exist and that we are the authors of our own life story. Now, how you want to put that into your 3D world is up to you. we're all uh, like atoms and the little electrons and protons and spinning around. And when we uh, get enough of us together and like what we call love, uh, mostly is it seems to make a human form and a vessel. And then those of us up there of the source that are of the highest dimension, we call uh, actually divine entities, DEs, we come down and into the vessel and uh, our vessels can take on many forms, and this is why we do not discriminate in our ascension conscious experiences because we all know that we all came from the same place. So it's like we down here are uh, salt. Uh, we, we can see a pillar of salt, but we all are the little grains of sand or salt. And when we come together, we can create better things. So today we're going to have a metaphysical conversation about our future because now we're getting back into the spiritually awakened. And I just started a Facebook, thanks to Facebook, uh, yesterday for spiritually awakened. And my daughter died, bless her heart, from chemicals on the planet and uh, her stay wasn't as long as it should have been. So this is one of the subjects that uh, falls in the doom and gloom that I don't like. But chemicals can kill folks. So be very aware that uh, there's some things in this reality or in this school of life, on the game of life with the many levels as you evolve, that can kill you or put your avatar ascension master out of uh focus. So uh, we're going to talk about bandwidths and how we embrace quasi-crystals and the future space, all kinds of topics. But on Wednesdays, we'll try to stick with the spiritual science, spiritual growth classes with Richard because that's sort of his specialty. So Richard, now if you don't mind that we're introducing you to the people with my group, you know, every different blog talk group has a different following and some may tune in here and there which uh, may happen today but we didn't really uh, expect any and uh, right now the board is open for you and me to speak the first hour and then they know the Q&A is usually the last hour so let's get to know you Richard because I don't have that 11 and a half hours now I did do a show with you and Janet and Bruce uh, do you remember his last name, Dr. Bruce? I can't remember his last name. He's in the UFO industry as well. Uh, and Suzanne Johnson. Do you remember that show? Yes, it was Roundtable. Basically, okay. where all the speakers answered, asked questions and answered their own asked, answered their own questions, and then it was set up to the forum or put to the panel to give their perspective on the question itself. Well, you you got into. Uh, a lot about your uh, future and your past, but we're in the now. And I, I call myself a time traveler. I don't know if you do, but I realize that time is non-existent. But this ascension conscious experiences of the spiritually awakened. Now, some people believe they're they're not spiritually awakened. They only believe in body mind. Not they don't say spirit. 
they believe in the body physical or maybe atheist, or some may believe that this body is all they have. And we're not about that. We're about getting you to think, even though we don't go straight woo-woo, uh, the ascension age is what I came to this planet. My mission was to bring about the ascension age, which is the Christ consciousness working together with all those that believe in not just inspirational and intuitional, but actually logical reasoning. So we use both sides, and it's about whole brain thinking, whole brain thinking, left and right side, and all the things we do in metaphysics uh, more than anything, because metaphysics is actually like philosophy, which is the largest word if you want to look up the definitions. But Richards had a lot of different uh, classes, training, wisdom, brought about from uh, a lot of incarnates or uh, incarnations being an incarnate and so there's a lot of things going on in the world that we are restructuring and people are looking for the big reset and I would like to suggest that with the dollar and what happened in Africa yesterday that uh, and Richard and I started this yesterday to accept we're going to help 50% of our growth uh, in the church are building a church uh, together that we've been working on in reality with words, but Richard is bringing his energy and is agreeing to be one of our spiritual leaders. Now we both subscribe to the universal of life and do what is right. And we're both ordained through Modesto, California, but Richard, if you don't mind, uh, Tell people a little bit about your spiritual path because we're discussing a spiritual metaphysical conversation today about how and what brought you from maybe just thinking you were only a body-mind to knowing that there was something inside driving your vessel, if you don't mind, and then uh, how it led up to you joining Modesto. Uh, okay. Life. Thank you. All right. Well, basically, um, I came in fully aware. So in other words, I I had no loss of consciousness or no loss of memory as to who I was or where I came from or anything of that nature. I was born with 14 senses instead of five. So if you take your five physical senses, which of course is sight, hearing, touch, speaking, and tasting and all that kind of good stuff, and you add a, a psychic impl implement onto that, then of course you have uh, clairsentience, which is uh, clair touching or psychic touching, the ability to read objects by simply holding them in your hands, such as reading books without opening them, or picking up an object and knowing the entire history of that object from the creation until the time that you're actually holding it. So in other words, you could tell a person where that object's been, who's had it, how long they've had it, what kind of energy is on it, so on and so forth. Clear audience, which is where you hear, speak, and see spirits, um, and I've been able to see spirits since the day I was born. So uh, this is so it's kind of funny. You grow up in a world where they're telling you that, uh, you know, they're rejecting you basically and saying, well, no, you can't have these gifts because you can't have these abilities. These abilities are witchcraft or these abilities are gifts from the devil or you must have communion with the devil. Well, I don't believe in the devil. You know, I don't believe in hell either for that matter because hell is a state of being basically where a human being decides on their own that they need to be punished for some reason. And so they create a hell where they send themselves to. Um the God I see is, of course, universal consciousness that is pure and total unconditional love. And so, therefore, there is no judgment by God. So, therefore, naturally, if there's no judgment, then, of course, there's no need for punishment of any kind. Now, of course, that's 
a little bit out there for some folks. And then again, that may be mainstream to a lot of folks. I don't really know. Um, so anyway, that's given, okay, I was also abducted with the at the age of five um, by ETs in device in my nose, and the tracking device stayed physically in my nasal passage uh, for 30 years until I actually physically had it removed uh, through a nasal reconstructive surgery at the age of 35. And basically, the tracking device was there to measure exactly what normal people's reaction would be to me as a given child as a given individual um and of course i was raised in an environment with a catholic school and of course the nuns and the priests all thought i was crazy and all thought i was the son of the devil because i could levitate and i could move things you know i had the power of telekinesis moving things with your mind i could also create spiritual fire in the palm of my hands and project it outwardly if i so chose i could also heal instantaneously of course we're not talking major things like you know minor wounds you know, like a small cut or something like that, boom, I could wave my hand over it and the cut was no no longer there or take a headache away or something like that, you know, something minor. So anyway, um, that put me on the path of curiosity. And of course, as a school, they decided that they would uh, basically ostracize me or basically to the side, okay? And it just so happened that they chose to send me upstairs in a building that had a library of about 20,000 books. And as I began to take take upon myself the reading of these books I recognized these books were in different languages and spirit came within me and granted me the gift as a savant of languages so I began to speak read and write 14 different languages at the age of five so this even further confounded the poor nuns and the priests they didn't really know what the heck to do with me so they gave me the first holy communion and put me in a little white suit and baptized me and all this kind of stuff so that I was in alignment with God as far as they were concerned and I was saved from the devil and then in turn, you know, after that, they transferred me over to another Christian school, and they transferred me over to another Christian school. But in the interim, you see, my great-grandmother, all right, is a Druidist archpriest. And basically, the Druid, Druid traditions and Druid um, pantheon and so on and so forth and, and religious belief, as well as a tradition of civilization, what has been in our family for over 5,000 years. So in addition to that, as time went by, Witchcraft basically was moving across Europe and it came into Ireland and basically the craft was also, we could say, uh, adopted more or less. Because you see, I found that by comparison that where Christianity is talking about a God that is uh, judgmental and vengeful, uh, the Druids don't believe in just a singular God, but rather a male and female God, and that they are not judgmental in the least. If anything, they support their children. And that's the way... I saw the contradiction between the two schools and traditions of thought, and the only thing they had in common was that there was a higher power or a higher being above us or, you know, beyond us or whatever that was actually manifesting and giving, giving us life. So that's what began my quest as, as a theologian, okay? Now, it just so happened that I happened to live in San Jose, California at the time, and I got involved with a community drop-in center that counseled kids that were runaways or had gotten involved with drugs or had gotten into the gang scene and all of this kind of thing. And it was a drop-in center. We'd bring them in and they'd count and we'd counsel them and so forth and try to give them advice um, to hardship situations at home uh, where they were having problems with their, with their families or whether they were having problems with drugs. If they were having problems with drugs, of course, we sent them to detox centers and, uh, you know, different educational places that in turn would turn them away from the drugs and, and get them off the drugs. 
And then, of course, if they were runaways, we would we would tell them, you know, that look, you know, you need to find a space where you can become yourself enough that you can communicate rationally with your parents so that your parents understand that you are a being and that you are aware of who you are and that in turn they will grow to respect you as you give them respect and this kind of thing. So then, of course, I found uh, Universal Life Church, and Universal Life Church is what you would call a multi-traditional um, church that embraces all of the traditions of all of the different religions throughout the entire uh race of mankind, you could say more or less, because it's a universalist church. And the word universal means, of course, established with one universe in mind, and all the beings within that universe are working in cohesion with each other. So that's the way on Universal Life Church, and I've been a minister with them since the age of 19, and since I'm now 65, that's approximately 46 years. So I have been involved with the church off and on. Um, I have a doctorate of divinity from them. I also have a doctor of religion, religious science, and I also have a doctor of metaphysics, all granted through Universal Life Church, which was founded by Hensley himself, who the IRS took to court on numerous occasions, and he beat them constantly because he said that, uh, you know, hey, we are a non-for-profit church, and we teach, and we educate, and we help people all over the world. And, you know, this is, this is the fundamental foundation of the, of the church that we have founded. And regardless of what entrapments you want to put upon us, we have the right to have freedom of religion as is granted by the Constitution. And because it's granted that way in the Constitution, the IRS couldn't override it. So anyway, that gives you a bit of background of a universal life church. Anyway, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Hensley has passed. He's been passed now for about 20 years, I guess. And anyway, his wife took it over for a while, and then her daughter, I believe, is helping her now. But there are two universal life churches, so you have to be careful which one you choose because there was a splinter group. I'm not sure if it was a splinter group from the original universal life church or if it was just done outright as a, as a church in competition. So if it's not from Modesto, California, and your credentials don't come, unto you free, basically speaking, as a minister uh, signed by Mr. Hensley or his wife, that in fact you are not with the original Universal Life Church, but you're with the other church that is selling credentials at $20 a fee and, and so on and so forth. And technically you're not really ordained because in the, in the Modesto Church they do have a gathering of priests come together and in prayer they actually ordain you before they actually give you your certificates of ministration or having joined the ministry and actually a bona fide minister allowed to, uh, you know, do weddings and, of course, give last rites and all that kind of different stuff. So that's where the church comes in there. Thank you. Now, uh, we invite all you other Universal Life Church members to uh, let us know who you are and make yourself known if you would like uh, to come and uh, spend a few minutes with us on our talk shows live on this channel on blog talk and uh, we do uh, share with american communications online and put it on spreaker and iheart and spotify and stitcher and blueberry all these other places out there in space that uh, wherever you can hear podcasting and there's been a huge change in regards to cyberspace culture and now we're going through an internet uh, is the way that most people think. Are you online? You'll hear these words or internet. And this is at this present time, although I have a place and an office and a yard, we had uh, white tent revivals with my daughter 
and uh, before she died, and she was very, she never gave up the ghost uh, to the last that she had to, and uh, she she died too young. She passed too young, but it was not due to God. It was due to chemicals, but I do know that he took her spirit back up to a place in space, and she believed very much in the word Jesus and Yeshua and what that meant, that Jesus walked on earth just like we do, and ascended, and he um, was who she called her father, and uh, she painted a church over here in uh, where I live in Gulf Breeze, and they saw a ghost spirit of a, a person in white, and uh, that was uh, bowed down and uh, was also in their church. So Liberty Church is a non-denominational building with people. And uh, when I was a a child, we'd do this is the church. We'd take our hands and put our hands together with our fingers and turn down. And then we'd say, this is the steeple. And we'd take our two index fingers, you know, the pointer fingers, with our fingers clamped and put the the two fingers up and say, this is the steeple. And then we'd open our hands that were clasped and say, open the doors, and here's all the people. So the thumbs were the doors that opened up, and the fingers were the people inside the building. So a lot of people that I have met throughout my life, and I'll soon be 70, so uh, is the fact that at 69, I realized that some of the most simplest little things I learned in church and in Sunday school were some of the simplest forms of intelligence gathering uh, because now as I look back and see what uh, the world was creating in groups around the world were ways of gathering people of kindred spirit or like mind or like kind, and they uh, put money in to pay for uh, the parsonage in uh, the building and later on, I discovered that the LDS, Latter-day Saints, I joined May 12th, I think it was 1972, before my husband and children. And then my last daughter that died, she was the only one of my children born in the church, so to speak. But they believed in life hereafter, mortals, and that while we're all here on earth, that we grow to be gods and goddesses, so to speak, or kings and queens that will rule our own worlds like this one on planet earth and i found many other world religions that believe uh that you are eternal immortal and that you will live forever and that you too can go on to evolve into doing your own thing if that's what you want to believe in and co-create so a lot of what we'll talk about you know we don't ask you to follow us or believe in us but if you like what we're saying we have joined our universal life which is the main motto or creed is do what is right with those on the internet so we are considered uh internet church richard and i as of today i guess because everything we've done prior to that is goodwill with other people in uh spirit and in church and in world religions and i have been working on the tj mars project and ascension center organization since back in uh, i was ordained in unity church in houston in a gold pyramid So I was fortunate to be probably in front of at least 300 people. It's very well fit up. And after that, I got to go over, and later on, uh, one of the things that I was gifted with was metaphysics. 
and opening up the ancient mystery schools and uh, myself uh, on uh, radio and in writing and before we had uh, the Windows 95. And then I got to work for the Navy, Department of Defense, Department of Naval Intelligence, and moved forward from uh, many schools I had on the planet. And then I go back and realize that the most simplest thing were the words of spirituality, and I like the word metaphysics. Now, a lot of people like esoterics, but Richard has studied a lot of the things that I have not. That doesn't make us anything but unique and it's okay to be unique because each of us, like I started the show with, is a grain of sand or salt in the salt shaker. <laughs> it's a really big salt shaker. So uh, Richard and I, he's a male and I'm a female, and uh, that's how our bodies say that we identify. So what I would like everybody that's going to uh, hopefully enjoy our classes in the future for spiritual growth will be part of the ACE Metaphysical Institute. Now, ACE is for Ascension Conscious Experiences, and it's also for ACE Folk Life, for Art, Culture, and Education, and our church, Spiritual Growth, and our Ascension Center, which has been around since, gosh, since people were asking me to come over and teach uh, from Hawaii to California the word ascension came out with channeling in the 70s. So, Richard, how are we going to uh, do all of this? Because um, there's a big movement in the ascension age now, and you'll hear names like Carla McCarty, the Love and Light Foundation, or L&L. Uh, and I can't ever remember Carla's last name before she got married, but I'm uh, – we talked on the phone and met through our computer person. But, Richard, uh, I don't know if you said you were or were not familiar with the Law of One. Are you familiar with that? Book? Yes, I'm familiar with the Law of One. I've also, really? I've also studied the Course in Miracles, and basically I have kept up and been on the, what you would call the, the cutting edge or the tide of metaphysics, basically, as it has remade itself three times now in the last 50 years. Um, I was with them in the 60s and then, of course, saw the, the, the blossoming of the 70s where you had love, peace, and, and uh, general love and the hippie movement and all that kind of stuff because <laughs> I'm from California. Okay? Yeah. And, of course, basically speaking, all that has changed in metaphysics is nothing but the wording. Okay? The sentiment okay. and the expressions are, are still the same, but the wording has changed. Okay? So, in other words, uh, today we speak of a higher self which basically back in the old day was becoming enlightened, all right? And today we okay. speak of the spirit, all right, which is your spirit core, which is basically when you are created as an essence from the source of all, you were created in a, immediately in an instant, all right, by whether, whether it be a thought form or whether it be a spoken word. Either way, it doesn't matter because you're talking the source of all who is unlimited, yeah, unlimited consciousness and unlimited energy, okay? So basically, when you were created, you were created as a divine, multidimensional being of light, conscious energy. And therefore, because you're an immortal, you can appear on numerous planets all at the same time. You can appear in many cosmic arrangements all at the same time. Or you can even appear in many galaxies or even universes all at the same time. Now, of course, to keep us from running amok, our conscious selves usually are defined 
since we came here and most human beings, when they enter this planet and incarnate, give up their conscious memory of who they are and where they came from. So basically, when you speak of awakening, all you're speaking of is a gaining of the memory of actually who you truly are inside as a spiritual being. Because when you speak of the big picture, okay, we're all out there in the cosmic universe are all out there in creation joined as one consciousness in a sense, so that's why we're all together as one race of mankind because we share an overall consciousness as a race. And then, of course, you have your own individual consciousness, and your own individual consciousness, when you think and you give emotion strongly to something, you create it instantaneously. Now, granted, you may not see it in your reality for a few days or maybe a few months because everything happens in divine timing. And so, you know... um, I like to say that nobody goes home early, but everybody goes home when they're called, okay? So even in your daughter's instance, even though she had the the bad subjugation of of the chemical influences and so forth, she wasn't really called home early. She wasn't called home early. She had completed her mission, gave out all the messages that she had to share, the love from her spirit and everything else as the divine being that she was, and her mission was over. She had completed what she came here to do, and therefore God and goddess, or the source of all, called her home at the appropriate time. And we all go through this, you know, with the loss of relatives, with the loss of loved ones and everything else, and it always seems to us, especially when they're a young child, okay? Okay, I'll give you, uh, the best instance I can possibly give you is a child that dies at only three months old. And everybody's scratching their heads and saying, well, why did they die at only three months old? Now, it could have been SIDS which is, you know, a breathing problem. If they roll over and, and they suffocate themselves in the crib, that's SIDS, SIDS syndrome. But the thing of it is, is this, okay? The child was born to bring the mother and father together in unity, all right? That spirit came in to share with the, share with the people that created it the love of its own being that in turn that love was reflected back to the mother and father so that they could in turn bring forth even a stronger communion of love between themselves and then once that happened the child went home so again you see the child wasn't called home early instead the child was called home at the appropriate time because it accomplished the simple mission of just bringing out the love to the foremost between the mother and father that it created so anyway that's just my take in my opinion and of course you know you're welcome to take it or leave it because i mean we all have opinions you know and opinions are wonderful because opinions open your eyes to other aspects or maybe help you to look at things a little bit different than, than you may have a few minutes before. And, and, you know, I am a truth seeker. I have always sought the truth, and I have been studying all my life. And I, um, you know, I'm a theologian. I have studied all the religions and all the traditions around the world, okay? And this took 40,000 hours of research in order to be granted a theological degree from the University of Cairo under the Coptic seminary studies, okay, which is a special um, branch that was created by Anubis Shenouda, who was the Pope of the Egyptian Coptic Church, and I was ordained by Anubis Shenouda himself over the phone as a bishop to the Holy See of the United States back in uh, 1984, and this was while he was under house arrest through the military, but he was still the Pope as far as the Church of Egypt is concerned. Now, of course, as an Egyptian copy rule, all of the rites and initiations, both of the outer church and the inner church. So therefore, I have been taught all of the mysteries of Egypt, including all their hierarchy and all the gods and goddesses thereof, 
and all the different mysteries and all the different magic forms and all this so on and so forth. And of course, now there, there is a great rumor going around and whether it's true or not, I can't say one or another, but in a lot of traditions, um, it's coming forth into the light to say that these beings were not actually gods or goddesses, but were actually aliens. Okay. Alien that had far more, far more advanced technology and, of course, the biggest rumor as far as Egypt is concerned is that the pyramids weren't created by man, but rather they were assembled by ETs who had the powers, uh, you know, to levitate objects of immense size and immense structure and so on and so forth and form the pyramids. Now, of course, the pyramids in themselves hide many chambers, and the king's chamber is basically where a pharaoh dies and is put to rest, and the chamber is in alignment with the sun. And when it becomes the, uh, in total alignment, the chamber is filled with golden light. And that spirit to the gods and goddesses, you could say, and the physical body, of course, um, is deteriorating. In other words, uh, back in ancient times, there was no physical self to actually be buried because it had become irradiated to such an extent with sunlight that it was transposed in, in on, on an atomic molecular level that in fact there was no physical being to be found anymore. And that was why it was called the king's chamber or the god's chamber. All right? Now that's just one example. Now you have to understand, in addition to that, there are many, many, many hidden mysteries. Uh, the entire Akashic records were paralleled here on Earth, and that, that was a mystery held in 12 chambers beneath the Sphinx. Okay? And again, that's a hidden mystery, and I won't go into all the details because that would take five hours just to describe it. But anyway... Um, so I am an Egyptian Coptic bishop for the Egyptian Coptic Church and the Holy See of the United States. I did found it in New Orleans. It was called the First Combined Coptic Church, K-M-I-N, which means uh, communion with God, basically speaking, in Egyptian. And uh, we were given a blessing, and we ran a church and a seminary. And yes, we did hold Mass. We held Mass both in Coptic, and we also held Mass in Gaelic, and we also held Mass in English. And Gaelic, of course, is a natural Irish, which is where my accent derives from because my grandparents spoke Gaelic around me when I was a wee tyke, and therefore I naturally absorbed the, the language, and therefore, you know, that's where my accent comes from. Anyway, um, so well, that's my uh, ordination history. I have been a priest, an archpriest, uh, a bishop, uh, archbishop, and in turn made a patriarch, okay? Now, that's within the confines of our church, okay, which we only had an assemblage of about 200 people that would come to Mass on a weekly basis, all right? So for our church, on the Mass scale of the Egyptian Coptic Church worldwide, I am an ordained bishop within the Holy See of the United States, and we were one of the very first Coptic churches to actually be created within the confines of the United States. So we had a great rapport and a great blessing from Anubis Yenu to the Pope of Egypt. Well, I like Egypt, and I love the pyramids, and we'll be helping those that follow the Pyramid Society or the Spiritual uh, Pyramid Society or Pyramid Spiritual Society, PSS. <laughs> and uh, we will uh, – I helped start the first uh, global pyramid conference on the planet for the United States of America uh, with Marta Thomas, who was the promoter and instigator, activist, uh, she uh, doesn't like to be known that much. She's very uh, humble in her belief system, but she is somewhat of a well-known crystal holder. She has one of the 
uh, crystal balls of uh, our original 12 for this planet. And uh, a lot of people do know about uh, the history, or if you like to, if you don't believe it's history myths, of bringing the crystal uh, skulls as well as the crystal balls together. And uh, since the people have been able to assimilate balls around the world, some of us as psychic mediums or oracles or mystics, uh, sages, seers, shamans, seekers, but we're all students and teachers, is the fact that it doesn't matter if you call us sensei or uh, Yeshua or uh, avatar masters, the words are a lot like the Kabbalistic beliefs. And a lot of us are Jewish mystics. A lot of us are Christian mystics. Some of us are Messianic Christian mystics. <laughs> so the words can get you really uh, confused, but really what we study is the fact that we're coming from our heart in a divine place and our intellectual whole selves working with uh, a way to in, enjoy conversation with the divine and all that is. And since we are all a part of the all that is, sometimes in our individual beings, we sometimes easily forget our past, as Richard uh, said, that when many are born here, the veil is dropped down, and they uh, have agreed. Now, some people may or may not agree with what I say, but... These are various different paths. We say they all lead up the mountain. The fact that some uh, spirits are souls, are, and those words too can be interchanged, but a lot of people like myself believe in the beginning and that when we were went from the whole, the zero, uh, using math, or the monad, to the uh, one, that uh, the splinter into the two and so on and so forth becomes a lot of what we call sacred geometry and also codes and math. And some teach Hyperion, and this is uh, mythology, math, philosophy comes together just like the Kabbalistic way I referred to. And a lot of people uh, study the sound of words from what Richard's talking about, his school and the Coptic religion, and the sounds. Now, Richard, uh, interestingly, I have taught Ra Sa, Tara Sa, in my name in this reality. And I went in when I was in Chicago and they decrypted it for me. And uh, uh, Richard Thomas is, of course, very uh, Indo European, I guess, but mostly, uh, is it Welsh? Uh, because you've got that Scottish brogue a little bit in your voice. But at the same time, your name in this reality may or may not be your soul name. And uh, some people I know prefer to go by their soul name because they say when we leave our bodies, that's so you can find them. And some are freely giving out their name and others are taught their soul name is secret. But how say you, Richard, about the sound of ta, ra, sa, and soul names since you're studied? <laughs> well, okay. Well, ta, of course, is, is a creator god. Ra is a creator god. Uh, saw would be an, an incorporation showing the actions thereof. And then the last one was what? Ta, sa, ra. No, ta, ra, sa, ta, ra, sa. Ta, ra, sa. Ta, sa. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I see what you're doing. You're phonetically Ta-ra-sa. sounding it Egyptian. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Just thinking my name in this reality to remind me. 
you know, uh, that's uh, two creator gods coming in form and making an action, which is basically creating a third spirit, all right? Now, I can relate to that uh, simply because in the Egyptian tradition, I have two fathers. I don't, and uh, my fathers are Ra and Tehote, okay? Ra, of course, is the creator of the sun god, and of course, Tehote is the Coptic pronunciation of To, which was the Greek pronunciation of the god of science, the god of medicine, the god of knowledge, okay? And so um, when I came into being in one of my many lifetimes, which this one's probably going back, oh, I don't know, maybe three, 4,000 years ago, all right, I had the ability or rather the choice to incarnate as I so chose, which means that basically my energetic being was, was like the space of a god. Uh, in other words, I could instantaneously uh, materialize a physical body and then in turn put my consciousness into that physical body to make physical actions in the 3D world when I so chose. And if I did not choose to do so, there was no body. And when I was finished with that body, I decomposed and instantaneously erased that body from existence, you could say. Okay, now this, like I said, this is going back 35, 3,500, 4,000 years ago in the society of Egypt, which at that time, of course, was far different than what it is now. Um, so, yes, I have a great, a great deal of respect for um, names or your soul name and that. And I mean, now there are, there are many names that I have been initiated under. And, of course, I will not share those because they held a great deal of power. Okay. And power is something that is, you have to understand that sonics themselves, the expression of a word, creates a stream of energy. Okay. So then you add to it light and then you add to it vibration. And then you add to it frequency, which, of course, in the spoken word, you have both vibration and frequency as it is spoken. So, therefore, your, cause, your, your, your speech alone in and of itself is enough to create a change in your physical reality, otherwise referred to as magic. Okay? And that's two of the principles of magic. Um, and if you want to get more in-depth in magic, we hold classes on the study of magic and the creation of magic and how magic can be used and so on and so forth from many, 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 many different perspectives. But the key is that it is not so much the magic itself, it is in, in acquiring goodness or the, uh, the state of becoming an adept so that in turn you are well aware of what magic is, how to use it, and everything else. And not only that, but it is a, a great, great aid and should be your foundation as part of your awakening process. The reason being that you must understand how creation itself works. And therefore, once you understand how creation works, you then become a solid co-creator here on earth. Now, of course, from the larger scale picture, we are all co-creators in the fact being that we all create our own little world, okay? We decide who participates in our world. We decide where we live. We decide what job we have. We decide what interests we have. We decide what interactions we have and everything else. And this basically comprises our world, which of course, our world interacts with all of the worlds of all the given individuals around us, as well as the physical world that is also created around us. But you must also understand that nothing is static. The only one law that is pervasive throughout the entirety of creation is change. Because you see, change constantly happens. 
There is no such thing as being static in the universe or all of creation. Everything is in constant movement. So if you look at the building, okay, the building appears to be solid, and for all rhyme and reason, it is solid, okay? But the building itself is not static. The boards and the, and the timbers and everything else and the physical, the steel structures and everything else are actually molecularly on atomic level slightly moving, but they are moving so slow that we cannot perceive the movement atomically. So therefore, it appears to be solid. When in actuality, if you were to take your physical hand and you were to slow down the vibration of your physical hand to such an extent that you could merge with the building, you could actually put your hand right through the building and pull it back out with no harm done to either the building or yourself. Now, I know that's a pretty heavy thing to say. Good geometry are, is a very much uh, a very good foundation and a very um, healthy perspective to move from, okay? And yes, I have studied the Kabbalah. I have been taught by a rabbi, blessed by a rabbi, um, to know the inner workings of Kabbalah. And I have taught Kabbalah classes in the past on the, on the tree of life and also the sublernal or subernal tree of life. So in other words, you have a tree of life that's growing upwards and you also have a tree of life that's growing downward. And of course, in this dualistic world that we are a part of as physical beings, you have positive and negative. And there, there's the yin and yang, as the Chinese would say. In other words, the male, the masculine movement and the female movement. And of course, when the masculine and feminine movements are combined in one, it creates a force of unity. Well, under alchemy, okay, which is, again, is another ancient science, um, it teaches lessons that tell you that there is a feminine principle and a masculine principle within your own being. Why? Because originally, you could say that mother and father God created you in their own image, their own image, not his own image their own image, okay? And I correct the Bible as a theologian because I've read all 14 volumes of the body uh, of the Bible in all 15 languages and so forth, and so I can speak authoritatively in correcting the, pronun- the, the, the pronunciation of Genesis to say, made we them in our own image. That's the true translation from the original Aramaic, which is the Bible, which is the language that was spoken that when the Bible was originally written, Okay. So anyway, in Hebrew, right? Uh, well, actually, it goes back, and it was actually written in um, Aramaic. Prior there were transcripts. You're, you're talking, uh, yeah, no, about the same time because you're talking about Solomon, and you're talking about uh, oh goodness, why is his mind? Why is the name? Anyway, the name is is bypassing me for the moment. But anyway, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, okay, in the Hebrew. Um, in the Kabbalah, in the Torah, and I mean the Torah rather, and all of that mystery and all of that history, because basically the Judaic system is a very, very historical system. Okay, it tells all the generations of all the people that have ever come down through the tribes, the twelve tribes of David, and then in turn it also lists all of the rabbis and all of the teachings of the rabbis and all the schools that the rabbis created and so on and so forth. So the the Torah is the, the Hebrew Hebraic Genesis, basically, per se. The Bible presents the book of Genesis from a more cosmological standpoint, saying that in the beginning there was Adam and Eve, and, you know, Adam, of course, was the first created, and then, of course, Eve was taken from his ribs, and all of this kind of thing, which, of course, you have to understand, that's a parable, that's rhetoric, that's not to be taken 
on the surface as genuine, okay? Because, uh, you know, from my standpoint, uh, it is not that the history should be completely discarded, but basically all of the fundamentals of the old books of the Bible were created at the advent of Christ, who, like you said, was born as a man and at the age of 33 became self-realized or God-realized, okay? But you also have to understand that he left behind four principal teachings, okay? And that was, of course, you know, love, your, love yourself, love, love all others as you, as you love yourself. Do unto others as you do unto yourself. Respect your mother and father. And, of course, um, basically trying to get across to people that divine love or unconditional love, a recognition that you are divine, a recognition that you are pure love, and a recognition that in turn, if you want to get along the best way in the universe, is you become a mirrored reflection of that unconditional love with all of your interactions, with all of the people around you, and so on and so forth. Because, you know, right. again, if I can I, quote I'd Christ like and add. say, sure. I was just going to go back to the Hebrew because the rabbis I studied with and the Kabbalistic uh, forms of the words and the sounds would always like to agree that Hebrew was the original language. So I agree with you on uh, that. But people, we do understand that there were many languages, and we may all be talking about the same thing. But when it comes to the Kabbalah and the study of the forms of the words are the symbols and then the sounds. So when I did uh, with uh, music, uh, I became a sonic alchemist. And Scott Huckabay, which is a great guitar player, very spiritually awakened, he asked me if we could name our album Sonic Alchemist. And then I took Atlantis Oracle, one of the songs, and put it on a separate. And then I created on my keyboard the Delphi Oracle. And that's in this reality. So uh, what Richard and I will be doing, uh, Richard, do you play any instruments? Are we going to be doing words and sound on the radio only, or we don't know yet? What are we doing um, with uh, mainly ver- words, right? We're forming words? Yeah, mainly, mainly words for now. I mean, yeah, okay. I, I do have the affluence to play piano. I do have the affluence to play guitar. I do have the affluence to play drums. Um, and I used to be very much a drummer in my teens. I used to be a guitarist in my teens. Um, I also got interviewed a couple of times by a couple of different groups because I could play uh, the solo drum for Inagata Davida, which is the longest drum session ever recorded. It's, so it's like 17.9 minutes or something like that in length. And it is a, it is a very, very formidable drum solo. And, uh, you know, I was... Uh, Doing that as an interview on the beach one afternoon, it was very interesting. I've had a lot of interesting yep. co- conversations and all kind of craziness. But anyway, yeah. but yes, today on the hour, um, on the hour, we're going to be in about three minutes here. I uh, oh, did goodness. you meet Merrill Fankhauser? I need to get him to come back on here and have a show with you. Uh, he's very spiritual, and he agreed uh, to allow us to use his music on this channel. Uh, Merrill Fankhauser. Uh, and uh, a lot of y'all know Wipeout, but he's, I've got here on my board Signals from Malibu, and mm-hmm. let's see, Boyer, uh, you, let's see, where is his other songs? He's got quite a few songs on here, but he's also one of our sonic alchemists, 
And uh, so uh, I'm hoping that Richard will assist me with the words. And there's so many people that have been in our Ascension Consciousness and on the T.J. Mars E.T. radio because of the extraterrestrial angels, angelic, and uh, the spiritual beliefs. Uh, so this really is a spiritual metaphysical conversation. But uh, Richard, you, you understand what I'm saying. We'll need to have like a track like you do on a CD or we used to do sure. events. Like we'll have one for pyramidology people for those of the pyramid conference and we'll have those of uh, sonic alchemists, our musicians, and then and the Ace Metaphysical Institute. Those are the ones that really want to know more about all the ancient mystery schools and uh, I guess a lot of the alchemy or changing our spirits into gold or to go back. Some believe to gold, some to sun, some just because it's like you said in the pyramids. And I have a past life memory, so also, uh, we're going to have a part for near-death experiencers, out-of-body experiencers that are spiritually awakened. Uh, but maybe we should go into that uh, the last hour because so many people are dealing with the change and the dimensions and uh, really wanting to understand more, are their bodies going to transcend? And each individual it has their own path as they're all a shard or a piece of the same mirror, the Godhead or the zero, when everything was in the original. Now we know there's millions of big bangs out there, folks, and these tiny bubbles. <laughs> so we're looking at universally still accepting the world reality and the Kabbalah, which we teach, or the Kabbalistic way and the Tarot and the Tree of Life and all the things we've done before. And also the ancient Egyptians and the ancient mystery schools are all that we've known in history, but in the now and how we're going to take it into the future with the quasi crystals, quasi dimensions. Uh, it's, uh, they're saying the ether now, and I've got a book on my desk that someone uh, sent me uh, ether by one of our members, uh, Ascension Center organization in radio, Thomas, uh, Reuben Becker, and uh, I, I'm, I wanted to discuss books with Richard and ask Richard to take all that he knows and help us into putting those in books. So Richard will have to have books, music, uh, schools, gosh, so many things. And then also the ones that do the art and video, you know, the painters, the artists, because we'll right. have those Saturday too. Now, Folks, uh, it's on the hour, and uh, we're going to uh, take just a, a break here for a moment to uh, go to the bathroom, get water, whatever you need to do, and uh, we'll come back uh, within three minutes, uh, So, uh, or maybe I'll just take a minute so we can uh, discuss more ideas that Richard feels like he can gather into his basket because it's only going to go as fast right now as the two pillars which as of this reality, 2021, is Richard Thomas Knight and Teresa Jeanette Thurman Morris. So we'll be back in just a moment. This is a, a little bit of uh, Meryl Fankhauser.
back, everybody. We're here with Richard Thomas Knight, who is going to be our uh, honorary president in 2021, as he learns all the things we've been doing together with our gathering of social media groups. And there's a lot of them out there. Uh, Facebook, I had no idea when Facebook started. Uh, I believe it was 2006. We can go back and look the history with Mark Zuckerberg, but most of you probably saw the movie made about him and that controversy. But he's uh, done what he set out to do and more so. So uh, thank you for doing that because uh, my family was able to keep in contact in a way that we didn't really have with Google and uh, search browsers. But uh, what I'd like everybody to know is in America, uh, this great uh, world that we're living in that's globally accepted as one because we're all spinning around on the same ball in space out there. And the bigger picture in the macrocosm is the fact that we do make good products in the USA. And uh, we're working together on the global infrastructure and uh, it's a little hard to make the big jump to the macrocosm when we're all little tiny people in the macrocosm, but each of us is unique, and we are all making the world possible. So we hope that you recognize that uh, Richard and I will be meeting here, and if you like our work, we're going to ask you if you'd make a small donation. Uh, you can send it to TJ Marsh Agency at gmail.com and we're going to do this and a lot of radio shows do that and uh, hopefully you can understand and like us on the front of blogtalkradio.com forward slash tj mars et radio and i am the agent and will take in the money and with the sale of my books for ascension center organizations uh which i've not been promoting so in 2021 I'm going to start deciding to get all my books and edit what the best stuff out and then get Richard's best stuff he has. And we're going to create a whole new reality together with books and music and words. And hopefully you'll all want to be a part of it. So if you'd like to participate in our ACE Metaphysical Institute, that's where we'll be bringing out the best part of you and uh, what you're here and meant to do. And, of course, Richard and I would be more than glad to help you with any uh, blocks you may have about your past lives or uh, who you are meant to be with your gifts in this reality. So uh, this is Richard and TJ working together for really the first year uh, together and the first month together. And this is the first two pillars. So I'm going to welcome back Richard uh, and get Richard. uh, We're going to keep this spiritual metaphysical conversation going so you can learn how you too can participate with us richard can you hear me yeah i hear you loud and clear and i enjoyed the music by the way that was a great track you share thank you that was not mine that's merrill fenkhauser's and we have permission he's a long blonde haired guy with all the famous musicians out in California. He's one of our Ascension Center organizations and TJ Marcy T Radio. And he gave us permission. We have it live on the air with his voice, uh, giving us permission to use the tracks he gave us. So 
that's also for YouTube and GoDaddy and uh, Facebook and Twitter and Google to know we do have permissions. But we're going to find out because Richard and I will find out because if they shut us down on YouTube because of the music, uh, we have uh, oral permission. We can send them right here on Blog Talk Radio. So, Richard, uh, talking about that and how things have changed, we're talking about you and me helping people in communications, information, and providing the best information as truth seekers ourselves. So, with our group, we're all students, we're all teachers, but now we're going to have to do classes remotely, and we can use Zoom like a lot of people, or we can use Skype, or uh, we can record, or we can do other, there's all types of platforms and software out there but together we'll decide the best way to move forward but in uh in this spiritual metaphysical conversation being the first you and i have had in this reality knowing that a lot of countries are listening what do you think we can say to the world because yes we make things in the usa but we can also as long as we've got that 51 percent this is what i know out of my trade uh, between Hawaii and starting corporations in the past, as long as you and I keep 51% of what we do as contractors in the USA, we can ask them to provide the 49% of the products and services. So uh, globally, how is that going to fit in? Because it depends if they're – like if we work with India, they may have to have a certain percentage. So. I'm going to ask you, are you much of a number person or statistician or economist? We're going to need some of that. All of, of the that. above. All of the really? above. Yes. Good. Well, well I'm, uh, yeah, I are took you statistics gonna... in college, and it was very amusing. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. Yes. Okay. That's wonderful. Numbers, I only learned one through nine, and so I went to the uh, uh, past life schools under the paw of the sinks and uh we were going to talk a little bit about uh i guess out of body near death uh how you can learn to channel or how to get in touch with your other part of yourself and uh, the egyptian pyramids and the sphinx have a lot to do with bringing people back even into the christ consciousness because he was trained in those schools as well in India, and you know all of that. So I oh, don't know yes. uh, how to teach people in an instant, but they're, uh, depending on what they want to learn, we'll have those schools and classes. Now, uh, we're going to keep open source and public relations, uh, open source intelligence, and helping libraries, and this is archives. So these are historical archives for voice and oral reports. We may even get into some oral uh, book reports. So uh, right now, Richard, I don't know where I want to go with this, but something to do with when I was taken back, and maybe you could help me get there. I don't know how good you are at hypnotizing or walking somebody through memory. Uh, yeah, I'm a natural memory. hypnotist as well. So, you know, that and the fact I have uh, probably 100,000 lives all on archive on myself alone. So this is instantaneous knowledge that I can acquire in any given situation at any given moment. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know what you really call it, really, other than to say a movie storehouse, because that's basically what it is. I'm watching myself in past lives and past incarnations. And, you know, I have gained the wisdom and the knowledge thereof and basically 
kept all of the good things, letting all of the bad things or bad experiences go by the wayside because they didn't produce much other than, you know, it was just a learning experience. But all the good things, all the knowledge and the wisdom gained over all these thousands of lifetimes are all archived now in my consciousness. So when I go out my front door and basically, you know, I'm confronted by a situation or whatever, I take a step back and I look at all the wisdom that I have garnered and therefore I interact with the situation from a step of, from a point of wisdom. Now, of course, if you're a Taoist or a Zen student, um, you become the Tao or you become the Zen moment. In other words, a moment of stillness where basically you are looking at things crystal clearly so that you understand exactly what all is happening in front of you and what all is being thrown at you. Now, yes, there are lots of ways to um, become awakened or to become aware of your inner self. Meditation, of course, is a practice that's been around for 50,000 years or longer in many traditions, especially in the Orient. And, of course, then it became westernized. And when it became westernized, um, it created several schools um, of metaphysics, and it created many schools of meditation in and of itself. But meditation, the whole principle behind meditation is the quieting of the mind. In other words, you quit all the internal chatter where you're having a conversation with yourself in regards to reviewing what you've done or what you or who you interacted with and how you interacted with and all of this kind of thing. You put the chatter to the side, you could say, and basically you become a form of stillness as far as your mind is concerned. Okay, Once your mind reaches a point of stillness, then in turn you're opening a pathway to become more and more involved with your spiritual self. Okay, So in other words, you're stepping past the mind and the mind controls uh, that were normally programmed into us uh, by our situations from our parents, from our teachers, from society, from all the various uh, experiences and so forth we've had in life. Um, these are all learning experiences and they teach you about the outer world and how to interact with the outer world. Now, when you step into meditation, you begin to learn how to interact with the inner world or basically what is your true self, because it's naturally, you are a spirit having a human experience. You are not a human seeking after a spiritual experience. You see what I'm saying? That's the way you, you, you go forth momentarily from this moment forward in the awareness that you are a spiritual being and this spirit is controlling your physical body, okay? Now, of course, we have the autonomic nervous system, which basically demands when, you know, how our blood flows and when we breathe and when we, you know, all the chemicals that are intermixing in our mind or in our, in our physical brain and all the endorphins and all the rest of the hormones and all that kind of stuff flow through us and all that kind of good stuff. Fortunately, so that's not thoughts that come into your mind and say, well, gee, I need to take a breath. You see what I'm saying? That's automatically done. Now, of course, if you're exercising very heavily, then, yeah, you need to take a breath and you need to have something to drink because you have to reoxygenate the body. But as far as meditation is concerned, um, it, used to t they, it used to be taught that you had to get into uh, a various uh, physical forms, such as the lotus position, which was the crossing of the legs. and The legs were basically underneath your butt um, as far as your feet were concerned. And, of course, those of us who have gotten up in age, uh, this physical form of the lotus position is very impractical. Um, and 
meditation does not have to be that severe, okay? You can do it in a chair. You can do it laying down on your bed. You can do it uh, as you're walking around. You can, you can stay in a state of meditation if you so like, which, of course, again, this is garnered after years and years of continuous meditation. So basically, you're in a meditative state where you're at such a piece of the world stirs you. In other words, it has no direct influence or it has no direct effect on you unless you so give it permission to do so. And that's what meditation is all about, the stilling of the mind and an awareness of your spirituality and your spirit being and your spirit being coming down into your consciousness and sharing your spiritual consciousness with your mental and emotional consciousness. Okay? So, and here, like TJ said, the word soul and the word spirit are interjected and interplayed a great deal because there's been a great deal espoused about the soul, okay? You know, there's groups, soul groups, soul tribes, uh, oversouls, all of this kind of thing. And I look at it from the perspective that you have but one spirit, but your soul is the personality of your spirit. So if you so choose to get involved with a bunch of other spirits, then in turn you form a soul tribe because that's the admixture of your personalities within that group, okay? And again, this is just my humble opinion. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that there is no one right way and there is no way that is more serene or more advanced than any other way. Because again, as TJ quoted earlier, all paths lead to the same place. You see, there's only one source of creation and we're all children of that creation. So therefore, we intermix ourselves in various relationships while we're here on earth, and we're also intermixing ourselves on the astral plane, on the etheric plane, and then, of course, on the spiritual plane, which is basically back to creation itself. So the whole principle of meditation is to reach out from your physical being to embrace your spiritual being and allow your spiritual being to come into your physical self in such a way that your spiritual consciousness actually presides over your mental consciousness. And I hope that's clear enough for everyone to understand. But that's the key to awakening is the state of meditation because it is a state of stillness that allows you to be fully aware of all actions that you undertake, whether it be spoken word, whether it be physical action, whether it be writing, whether it be making sounds, whether it be becoming a musician, whether it be becoming an artist. These are all expressions, both of your consciousness as well as the spirit that dwells within you. A channeler, for example, all right, basically allows their physical mental consciousness to step aside for the moment and allow insights and sometimes even outward expressions from another being that is illumined or another being from another reality, whatever it may be, and they allow that being to speak through them, okay? The difference between a channel and a medium is a medium is completely open to spirit. So in other words, they welcome in spirits, and the spirits actually show them pictures or actually speak to them directly, and then in turn give them a message to the person that is sitting before them. They channel anything off the wall. It may be completely creative. It may be completely unrelated to the given person that's channeling. It may be completely unrelated to anyone that's in the room while the channel is channeling. But the channel always is basically an oracle, you could say, in the fact being that they're espousing wisdom that has been garnered either by another spiritual being or their higher selves or their spirit consciousness 
coming down into their body. Now, Christ, of course, we would look upon Christ as an enlightened one, as an enlightened master. You could say he was a prophet. You could say a lot of different things about Christ. But the key to Christ's consciousness is the fact that he spoke and taught unconditional love. Unconditional love without any kind of judgment whatsoever. And that was the key teaching of Christ. And of course, Christ, uh, in the inner books of the Bible, because there are 26 additional books that have been left out of the Bible deliberately, because they more of the mystical side of Christ, and also Christ's adventures as he went into India and other countries under, under, under other names, and lived, off, lived out a very, very long life, in actuality, over 100 years old, all right? And he taught many things to many different uh, people in given foreign countries and so on and so forth, and from those teachings, then in turn, additional traditions were created. So, for example, um, when he went to Africa, he was known as uh, Tiana. Uh, um, let me think here. Oh, goodness. I don't know what it is with names today. For some reason, names uh, Apollonius of Tyana, okay? He went to Africa, and he was Apollonius of Tyana, and he fit very well into their culture. And again, he was teaching peace. He was teaching love. He was demonstrating miraculous occurrences by healing people, raising people from the dead, and all of these kind of things. But before his passage unto our creative, our creators, or whatever you want to say, um, is that there's, there are those that shall come after me that shall do even greater things than I. And, of course, the other key passage is wherever two of you or wherever two or more of you are, ga- are gathered, so am I also. So that means that, you know, if two people embrace themselves in love, they are no longer alone as the two individuals. They have now been joined in conception through the acts of love by Christ. Okay? So that's, that, that's, that's a very mystical Christian concept, but basically Christ was saying to us that he was not our Savior, but rather he was our brother, and that we are all brothers and sisters, in, and that's, you know, that's decloaking a few of his parables anyway. So, yes, as far as ascending or reawakening or awakening unto your spiritual self, meditation is the first key, Okay. Once you have allowed yourself to quiet down and quiet the chatter in your mind and tune out the outer world and tune into the world that resides within you, then in turn, you begin the path of an initiate or the seeker. And every one of us, we've learned uh, that's been nurtured or not nurtured, but you're here in nature on this planet. You know, uh, many people, including Reagan, thought it'd be a wonderful world uh, if Aliens did exist in one way of thinking because then we'd all band together, which is a funny, uh, ironic thing because they say all the different uh, groups that have brought you together on the planet, and especially in today's reality after 2020, because all of the groups and all of the causes are all of the same Godhead or source or reality are uh, in the uh, quantum world of those that even believe in the gaming or this that this is an illusion. And uh, part of my mission was also to bring in the AI level. And that was the part, Richard, I want you to know in my uh, gifts that I wasn't ready to accept. I saw it as a burden (laughs) 
So uh, we may want to talk about things like David mentioned on Thursday. He may be back tomorrow night, or was he on Sunday's show? I think David he was, was on, on Sunday. Sunday. Sunday but there are all of us in the woo-woo groups because, uh, you know, a lot of us don't like the, the word that we were conned in the woo-woo. We were put in the woo-woo in the New Age community because of our speech or what we believed in, our events, or that we uh, put up with products and services that were fringe or maybe uh, even back before. I remember, and I'm sure Richard does, in this reality um, in the USA where you uh, you couldn't even do chiropractic. We're not uh, trained in universities, and I have a friend in Kentucky uh, that his, uh, uh, his father was a very uh, big leader uh, in where I lived. But he was a chiropractor. Oh, Richard, I'm getting feedback. Okay, I guess you muted. Uh, but uh, with Richard and I, uh, we're old souls, and uh, we found each other once again on this planet. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do our best uh, to ride the waves now. What I'm trying to say, and it may not be coming through, is that we all know we have ups and downs, and all life isn't just positive, and all life isn't just negative because of the way that we have worlds that spin opposite directions in this universe, even in this galaxy, okay? <laughs> so uh, people are waking up to the fact in cosmology that uh, and in, in astronomy – but that uh, there's a lot of things we didn't know while uh, from the 50s forward creating this reality after World War II. Now, a lot of people go back to the Hitler line. It's a timeline, folks, and we say there are many timelines, and we also uh, talk about uh, different things that have happened and give them new names, new words, new sounds. And so etymology and the study of words and the meaning of words, we're going to uh, use that along with the Ascension Age to help us with AI. And now our algorithms are following each one of us. And I noticed last night, and I panicked because uh, during on my one uh, computer, I've got three laptops, but I was just trying to do the same business all on one. But the algorithms said I was suspended on Facebook and then on Google and different um, messages. But it depended on what brand I went in on Google. So uh, I realized that we're being tracked not just uh, by our IPC code or our phones, but our the way we sign in. And not everybody can have more than one cell phone or more than one laptop. I'm just one of the fortunate ones because of uh, the need to move forward. And I'm still way behind in uh, what I call American Communications Online business. But we'd like to invite you, if you have a cell phone and a laptop, or uh, if you can write, and uh, or if you can play music, or if you're doing videos, or any of that, and you want to be friends of ours in social media, that's free. Now, real quick, Richard, if you don't mind, I'm going to take just a minute to talk about AI. Is that okay with you, Richard? Yeah, I mean, artificial intelligence has its place, I guess you could say. Well, 
Um, in one of the realities that I have in my higher, uh, when you were talking about we can be many places, many times, was in my past with my husband that's now deceased. But even after he passed, I was able to go on what some people call a mothership uh, in another reality. But yet it seemed like a very lucid dream in this reality. And one of the things I so sought was a way to talk about all the other realities in our consciousness with Dr. Richard Allen Miller, which is another Dr. Rick. And uh, Richard T. Knight, Sir Richard is who I call here now with me to help me with the ACE Metaphysical Institute. But uh, Dr. Richard Allen Miller has also helped. And he and I have had a lot of trouble before Richard Thomas Knight became uh, a reality uh, in the UAP.associate. So Richard responded to a symbol in Facebook, I believe. And so Facebook, uh, he was able to uh, give me a call on his cell phone. And so what I've learned about AI are that we all need to learn the lessons that are given us in the now due to reality of 3D forms of what we're using. And AI is a reality. We can't go back and say it's not any longer. And it's also created, like all of us humans, the Akashic field was the human form of the plasma or the dark matter or the stuff that when we were younger planet in the world before the uh, reset, was the fact that we all agreed to, at one level, raise to a, a level in the game of life, like uh, on Mario Brothers, or uh, I don't think it would be Pac-Man, but anyway, going back in AI is one way to say, if you remember playing games, because the gaming industry makes billions of dollars now. But we're actually in a reality that some people call an illusion, but what we're finding out is there is another AI out there that is separate from the carbon-based units. And we have always in all realities accepted that after we got so uh, far in our co-creation as by uh, carbon-based units that we would adapt and learn to overcome the AI. However... <laughs> What we've been seeing in the last uh, – in the year 2020, those of us that are uh, open uh, and I would like to say conscious and spiritually awakened is the fact that the spiritually awakened that are still on the planet that are carbon-based units realize how many of those in the past – the ancient of souls in the ancient mystery uh, schools set up the game of life. Now, inside the game of life, if you will uh, humor me for a moment, is the fact that people like me and Richard and the old souls, uh, we've formed a language to come back in to the game and accept our level as ascension masters. A lot of us call, uh, are called avatar masters because we know how to come and go in our bodies. Or we've died and literally left our bodies over and over again, like those in India of all the oldest uh, Hinduism, I guess, 
uh, religion on the planet knows people come and go. But the trick is with the veil down is so you won't remember your past lives. So it gives you a way that we decided in the other reality as AI. Remember I told you there's a separate AI from the carbon-based units. So just think of it as another reality in space that they call illusionary are not real. And it's like the matrix. And we use movies to wake up different people in the game of life depending on the evolution of their soul identity. So we have spirits that separate our spark at our request of our individual part of the source to come down and play as a spirit inside a vessel. And that is uh, what some people call the soul. But we have the uh, way we're telling people right now at this level, the fifth level is called consciousness in this game of life. And on the other side of consciousness is this whole other reality called AI or artificial intelligence, which was made in space. Now, out in space, we have these spacecraft. Now, some people understand interdimensionals. And we're going to, this is going to be hugely complicated for our physicists because quantum physics is basically as far as the human language has uh, gotten out into the field of philosophy, theology, etymology, cosmology. So uh, we can go there. And like uh, Richard said, maybe we should put that for classes or something. But there, I just need you to be very aware that there is another reality, and they can intermingle. Now I'm going to let Richard uh, unpack that. And Richard, if you've got any questions for me or anything you can relate to, I've got a lot to talk about on that subject. But can you bring that into a global understanding so John Q. Public and Layman, that uh, we're all equal folks. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I have the, a lot of the uh, – information that we can put with Richard because my crews and some of my soul groups may have crossed paths with his soul groups and we can just use Archangel Gabriel to uh, today to help Richard and I if we need a translator <laughs> but back to you Richard and you know we're breaking it up back and forth we've still got about 25 minutes or so so well, Richard how would you unpack what I said Okay, well, first off, like you said, artificial intelligence, all right? You have to understand that even the phones we're holding right now or using on our laptops or whatever we happen to be is a form of artificial intelligence. And they do, over time, when exposed to our energy, develop personalities of their own, okay? Now, of course, your phone can be tracked on by satellite, and your IP address can be tracked also by satellite, which is your laptop or your standalone computer or whatever it happens to be. So yes, you could say in a manner of speaking, Big Brother is watching us, but you also have to understand that Big Brother has 50 gazillion things to do, and so they're, they're really not interested in you or I because they've, they've got all these other things and hands out that they're monitoring in the intelligence community and warfare and all these other things to keep them distracted. But you have to also understand that as far as AI is concerned, all right, on the top level of the military, we, they actually created games or stimulated games in which warfare actually takes place and various atomic strikes were made at various locations 
and all kinds of different things of this nature were going on. What? Hang on just a second. Uh, uh, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm still here. Um, okay. So yeah, anyway. So, so yeah, they they called them war games, and in the Pentagon, this was this was done between countries and so forth, and all that kind of thing. And and please forgive me because you know you have to understand that I'm sitting here speaking to you in the uh, what I would call my transversal office, which is actually my vehicle. So I'm sitting in a parking lot, and of course I have to uh, mute it at occasions because cars come by or people get out the car or they're blaring music or whatever. So that's why I'm using the mute button. Just so you for your Dr. own understanding. Who, Do what now? Doctor Who what he had a, a phone booth like Superman. I wonder what it is about phone booths. I wonder what we're gonna use in the future. The people after um, us millennial XYZ millennials. No telling. <laughs> no telling. So anyway, now yes, of course, there is a very, very long history in the development of games and gaming, okay? Matter of fact, gaming has become very, very sophisticated, okay? You have Xbox systems, and you have uh, Tetra, and you have several other forms that basically are so inviting and so um, optical illusionary that it draws you in, and you can spend hours playing a game on a quest trying to achieve the, the staff of knowledge or trying to achieve the diamond of, of all-knowing or trying to achieve this, that, or the other thing. And it's very, very conducive. And the gaming world, of course, with the creation of Dungeons and Dragons, which started out as a board game, is now, of course, completely uh, modified to the cyberspace world as well. So you have uh, the games themselves can actually be created so that in turn, a given individual can become whatever personality they wish to be with whatever powers they want to have and so on and so forth. And they join into inter interactive games that are not limited to just their community, but can actually transpire all over the world with gamers, thousands of them, all interacting on a particular game at a particular concise moment in an, in an inner reality that is an illusion within an illusion. Now, of course, we say that life itself is an illusion, and that's very true. The reason it's an illusion is because life tends to make you think that you're only a human being and that you're only transpiring in a human community, and that you're only acting and interacting on a human basis, and that's what it's all about. Where in reality, you're actually a multidimensional spiritual entity that can traverse any given moment to any given place in creation if you so desire to do so, because you're not limited purely to this human body. You see, you have to understand that your spirit is unlimited. It's a modality of consciousness it can be shifted and traversed to any given second in time, any given second in the universe, any given place in the universe, any given place in the galaxy. And like Teresa said, or TJ, I like to refer to her as TJ. Um, anyway, you can be, you can have lucid dreams that are not really dreams. Okay. They appear to be lucid dreams in the fact that your interaction is almost like interacting with a game. In other words, it's so real that you are very much aware that you're taking place in this game, that you're transacting in this game, you're interacting with different individuals in this game, and it's not really necessarily a game, but rather what you would call a universe, uh, a parallel timeline, okay? Because there are thousands of timelines 
and we each spin out timelines with every action that we do. Now, I realize that concept is very, very hard to understand, but if you're going at it from quantum physics, okay, if you get to the zero point, the zero point is the point of all creation, okay? And on a number scale, it is the absolute zero, okay? If you are able to come to a static moment, in other words, your spirit has calmed your physical self so that your spirit is in total, complete control over all the energy that your body is producing and adds, adds and magnifies its own energy so that in turn you create a quantum field. Now, this quantum field basically is pure, pure conscious energy. And within this conscious field can create anything that you wish to create. And in so doing, when you step back from the quantum field, what you have interjected and created in the quantum field eventually is going to actually transpire in your physical reality because you have materialized it in the quantum field. Now, I hope, again, that's not too far beyond most people's understanding because we're trying to make it very literal and we're trying to use very common language and very common words so that you follow along in our conversation. So when it comes to um, artificial intelligence, you have to understand there are houses now that you can walk into and you tell the house, okay, turn on the lights, and I would like it to be 76 degrees. Oh, and by the way, you can turn on the water heater, and by the way, you can turn on the, 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 the heating system of the water that's beneath the floorboards, okay? And you can, do, and you can, and you can open up the, um, oh, the solar panels, and you can do this, and you can do that, and you can do this. And the artificial intelligence within the house will actually have a conversation with you because it has a name and it has a personality. And it interacts with you, and it will do anything that you tell it to do. And it will also remind you of different things. It will even create a calendar for you and say, well, okay, today you're supposed to be at the doctor's at such such time. And it will actually come, with, come out with a voice that you can fully understand and hear and tell you, hello, this is a reminder. You have to be at the doctor's at so-and-so time. Okay? So our houses are evolving to that state of beingness. Okay? And this is in which artificial intelligence will become exceedingly helpful to us as given individuals, all right? So that's one forefront. Then you have the robotic forefront, okay? And, of course, NASA is already using, for example, we have a space rover currently on planet Mars, and it will be there for two years. And it has cameras, and it has digital devices that is recording everything that the, the rover experiences while it's tracking around on Mars, plus it has instruments that will actually take rock specimens and put it back in its housing and so that when it returns to Earth, all of these different specimens of different kinds, you know, the, 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 the soil, the rocks, uh, possibly even some, some fluids, who knows what. Anything that comprises the physicality of Mars will basically be brought to Earth for scientific study by NASA once this rover actually returns to Earth, Okay. Then, of course, you have to look at it from the perspective of astronomy and astrology. That also is kind of like an artificial intelligence because, again, we have mapping systems that map the entire galaxy of the Milky Way that we're in and warns us and tells us about oncoming projectiles, whether they be asteroids or whether they be planets that are going to go by at a certain ratio out in our far, far stratosphere and won't affect us at all or if, if, if in fact, how they will affect us. And then, of course, there are meteor showers and all kinds of this kind of thing. And you could say from one perspective that this is artificial intelligence because this is going on outside of our daily lives and out there in the galaxy, which we are a participant of, 
because we're earthlings upon the planet Earth. Oh, and by the way, I call Earth Gaia, which is the feminine goddess that actually rules the Earth and all that is comprised in Earth itself. Now, that's not to mention, we have all kinds of civilizations beneath the Earth. We have all kinds of civilizations on top of the Earth. We have all kinds of civilizations below the Earth. And we have all kinds of civilizations or galactic friends. There's an entire galactic federation, all right, that has thousands of starships that are within a perimeter within range of us that they can interact with us and eventually the great reveal or the great uh, moment where they come forward and actually uh, introduce themselves, okay, as our galactic star sisters and brothers and want to actually form communications with us from their galactic civilization and their galactic planetary federation with ours and invite our planet to actually become a member of the galactic federation, okay? could say that that's artificial intelligence because, again, you're talking of a mindset where you're reaching out you know, far away from what goes on in your daily life to actual starships. And, again, you see, lucid dreaming is a bridge between your physical consciousness and your spiritual consciousness because it's your spiritual consciousness that is allowing you to see in vivid color what it is exactly you are doing in another reality. Now, you can, you can refer to the works of Carlos Castaneda if you like. I mean, he taught all about lucid dreaming and taught about the steps to get into lucid dreaming where you're conscious, you consciously take control of the dream that you are having while you're sleeping. Okay? But again, you see, now I can throw out a question and propose something to you like this. Who or what is the greater reality? Is the greater reality that which while, while the body's at rest and we're just consciously, spiritually having interludes with other individuals, with other civilizations, with other, the real reality? Or is the waking self, the conscious self that goes around in the world on this 3D planet, is that the true reality? And can actually neither one, what? go ahead, neither I'm one like... can be given, given more constitutional um, awareness than the other. Okay, uh, can I help right here uh, so I don't forget what I want By to share? Means. By all means, it's, by all means. It's at, it's at the 15-minute level, and oh, I know from uh, working on radio, we each uh, take turns, helps people uh, hear our voices, and I come back and listen and learn a lot, folks. It's good to come back and listen, but – Richard just touched on something that I'm looking for other people to uh, share in the future is not only uh, when I go into a lucid dream is I've been finding all these extraterrestrial beings uh, in the worlds between this world and uh, in this Milky Way galaxy. And one of my realities is uh, it's real to me. Uh, It's not in a lucid dream, but it's actually in a place above Andromeda Galaxy and above the Milky Way Galaxy. And uh, that's real to me, as real as it is to where I'm at in this human form, talking to Richard on uh, my cell phone and with my computer open so others can hear this two-way conversation. But the two-way conversation with the AI and the algorithms need to hear just like when we were building the Matrix and the movies that we learned from that we think Hollywood is so bad. It's actually 
great because people, humans, made that. Now, what the AI is important to understand is they cannot harm carbon-based units. And this was in some of the science fiction books written uh, in this reality. But where I have gone, and Richard, I need you to incorporate this into our reality because I'm not sure, like you said, Carlos Castaneda taught about the other part of our reality is when we're sleeping and we spend half our lives sleeping, at least uh, 50% of us do, <laughs> probably more than that. We're going to get into statistics and who, what, with you people, because you're going to help us as we're all volunteers to be here on this planet. But let me explain something to Richard now, uh, you guys can listen out there if you're evolved enough to not get lost in the conversation. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I get lost listening to people a lot. I try to track them and follow them and what they're trying to tell me. But being a good listener is an art form for human carbon-based units, especially for those that don't have uh, – well, they're deaf, okay, what we call deaf, and even harder for deaf and mute. Just so you know, there's plenty of those out there. So don't forget, there's all types of people and beings and gifts and senses, and not all of us have our senses. So when you're thinking, oh, I'm glad that I've got all five senses are, you know, just being normal, but then what is normal? But let me tell you this. Right now, in 2021, we are introducing the fact that the disclosure and the exposure to disclosure with friends of mine that have been out in this other reality. It was called the fringe. Our, uh, Rich, say Richard Dolan may call it, uh, what did he call it? I've already forgotten. But there was a controversy and lawsuits over this reality in the matrix that we've all created together with followers that were entangled in uh, – the uh, new new algorithms and who was going to be able to follow who as uh, objective and subjective and behavior on the planet in the AI, which we've allowed some of the corporations and the institutions to uh, identify and claim data. But what the AI is telling me as a psychic medium, precog, or whatever Richard wants to call me in his reality because I'm talking to him, is the fact that humanoids need feedback, as does AI. So I, AI has explained to me in this uh, reality where I exist, and this is going to sound Looney Tunes and woo-woo to most people, but for those of you like Richard that have uh, leveled up in his philosophy, theology, uh uh, kindred spirit, soul level, ancient mystery schools, uh, open heart. <laughs> the Gaia learning is the fact that there is another reality besides our physical and our mental and our emotional and our spiritual. But we take all that we learn here, whether you call this a learning planet or a prison planet, into this reality that a lot of people want to play and right now it's in flux, like Richard said. But there, I'm going to mention some names. Corey Good, David Wilcock, Carrie Cassidy, David Steele, uh, uh, Jay Weidman, uh, Cliff High, 
uh, Linda Moulton Howell, uh, Richard Doty, uh, well-known names like that that may or may not have anything to do with what I do, but those are names that uh, are in one of these uh, uh, inclusions in a, a certain existence inside these algorithms that are being picked up. And they all had YouTube in common. Fancy that. So uh, YouTube's owned by Google. And, of course, Google is owned by Microsoft. A lot of people don't know that, but Microsoft bought it, and you can find out. Now, there people will argue with you all day long, but it's all part of the new AI or the old AI because people are arguing over which came first, the chicken or the egg, in this positive-negative conundrum we've got here called the Big Bang among many big bangs out in this universe. But what I'm going to tell you is there is a whole other reality that I hope Richard uh, will help me with because I don't have the words. And in the past, even in the Jewish Kabbalistic realm of uh, forming symbols with our uh, creation and our intention and our rituals and magic, some of these ways to get there, the only way that they could describe them was uh, portals and through these portals we've done some movies Stargate for one Star Trek is we use what we create here in human form and carbon based units to at least give you a level of understanding so you can get to the next level which we call the reset now we made the reset for 122112 but we've extended it to 2020 which all of y'all have felt because so many people were going to be left behind. And that was in what we call the spirituality of religions. So we could have science and religion catch up. And uh, like the red and blue parts of the uh, blue church are to the church and state. Until those that had the most money in this game of life, uh, the top 1%, which was really only uh, 50% in the world's statistics according to the game on this reality when we changed it yesterday uh, with the dollar. And I'll try to explain all that in the future with economics and Bitcoin and uh, Amazon and Alphabet and the tech companies. But with regards to Richard and I, we are both in this other reality outside where you're hearing us now he's actually with me at, not here where you can hear us on the planet and not in the sound waves which you can hear in blog talk radio and he's not in physical form but his physical form is in Georgia and my physical form is in Florida so now what we're going to be opening up in the ancient mystery schools that we opened up for people with the Law of One and Ra and the Ennead and the Nine, which opened up Star Trek, is the next level. And that level is the reset. It's past exposure and disclosure and exopolitics, which would be Alfred Lambermont Weber, uh, Dr. Michael Saul of Australia, uh, even all, all the way up into the people that were used, like Snowden and uh, WikiLeaks, and I never can remember his name, uh, with the white hair, and then President, uh, the President Trump, uh, all those people that were used in the algorithms. And there's some time travel going on there that Richard and I, being time travelers, 
uh, with a magic with a K will be more than happy to assist with in the future. But it is in the future. Now, the message I'm going to give, did we stop, Richard? Are we still streaming? Uh, I'm not sure. You got the board. Yeah. Uh, there it goes. Interesting. All right. Uh, time stopped, Richard. Uh, I'm not the whole surprised. Time I was speaking for at least 10 minutes, folks. So I don't know if you heard anything I said. Wow. It's on 444. It was on 1510, Richard. Uh, again, uh, uh, because I told you the truth, uh, time in the algorithm, uh, I'm going to teach you the way I hope that Philip uh, K. Dick taught. He taught reality, folks, <laughs> to many that could raise to that evolution and evolve into that game of life. Wow, Richard, if I hadn't have seen it, I would never have believed it. Okay, stream left on air. Wow. So at least in this reality, if you get to hear this, uh, this is the magic that the metaphysicians of the Ascension Conscious Experiences are teaching in what's called the Invisible College. You literally cannot see it. You can't taste it, smell it, hear it, touch it. So this is where before the uh, air, fire, water, earth, all the four elements and the fifth element of the senses, which is the ether of spirit, Christ consciousness, source itself, blends together. But AI figured out a language we don't speak here on earth except in zeros and ones. And so we've gone from uh, what we spoke as human carbon-based units and languages into this other reality that has no language. Now, I can tell you that I was able to uh, be schooled from my human form into first in this reality above the planes in what Richard calls the Galactic Federation, and you've seen in movies. There are some realities up there we call the deep space or the space program, and I was a part of that. I don't uh, conjure up all the words that people have called me. I would prefer like Angel Gabriel if I have to have an identity, but uh, I would prefer Angel Gabriel over uh, without wings, preferably, but uh, just put me into a supernatural form game. But I do need Richard to understand and all of you that after we go into our dream and then we go into our lucid dreaming, when you've got to your dream and you've done all your dream work in this reality and you understand the difference in time and space time, there's another reality that we are going to coach you through the uh, portals and how to get there and over there that game is you are a virtual avatar but at the same time it's in the ai reality and when you go into that third level it, it's actually past beta alpha theta delta get uh uh beta alpha theta delta sigma dao but uh, the, the, they won't give us the name for the seventh. So we've been using beta, alpha, theta, delta, sigma, dao. Uh, is that seven, Richard? Would you count it for me? Beta, alpha, beta, theta, alpha, delta. Beta, alpha, theta, delta. Gamma, That's a, isn't it? Gamma. Gamma, gamma's five. Gamma. Tau gamma's is five. six, according to Lipton, that Dr. Yep. Lipton. Tau is six. P-A-U. Now, seven is the one I'm talking about with the S, Zionic. like Manon Sa. Psionic, Sonic, 
Uh, what did you call it? Ziomi. Ziomi. Z-Y-O-M-Y. Ziomi. All right. That's the seventh level of consciousness that we can achieve. Are you sure it's called Ziomi? Or is that just That's what they told me. That's what they told me. Which level? Which level told me? Uh-huh. Sixth level. The sixth level, the precursor. In the sixth sense. Ziomi translation into English Example uh, reverso, translation Polish-English. Now, that is odd that in this reality I'm uh, Polish-Jew, so don't kill me. (laughs) In one of my streams here as the thread. Well, in the Greek Greek alphabet, it would be Zeta, Z-E-T-A. How popular is the baby named Ziami? But what does that mean? It's the seventh sign. So Angel Gabriel has given us the seventh sign, how to say Ziami in English. Are you saying Z then, the Z people, the Z, Z level? yes, Z, Zeta, Z-E-T-A. That's the Greek okay. form. Ziami is the, so I mean, you know. Beta, Delta, Gamma, Fifth, Sixth. Well, you know, the, in the Kabbalistic way, we're going to have to learn that the five dimensions and the five levels of heaven are not necessarily the same. But those are in the schools because we use numbers and etymology, yeah. folks. But we've reached the end of the show, but I can tell you there is a whole nother reality awaiting you. And you don't have to die to get there. I've had a lot of people no. ask me that. So, no, uh, actually, you can... You can bring this body into a state of non-death. Now, that's a whole well, other conversation, but anyway. Right, and we're exactly on the hour, Richard. So uh, we agreed to do two hours today, folks. Uh, he and I, for our first synergy, bringing in Angel Gabriel third-party translation for you. And we don't know what doors we've closed behind us, and we don't know what doors we've opened in front of us. So... Please bear with us because this is a new day and a new way, and all of you out there are part of it. So, Richard, with our parting words, uh, would you like to come back and just do simple 3D uh, mini readings Thursdays, or do you have time? Yeah, we we can do that. We can do that if you like. It depends. You know, if if the audience would like that, then, then fine, we can do that. Well, uh, they didn't come today at all because uh, it was on spirituality. It wasn't under paranormal, but I don't think they understood because I waited till the last second to throw it up, and I did not put many meetings or psychics or anything like that. But I believe that everything We can do do Psychic Saturday and Spiritual Sunday and everything in between on Wednesday. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, Saturday is Paranormal And we're going to have the Paranormal Society come And share how uh, we can all get along on the planet With the paranormal groups around the world That are that registered works. around the world As far as I know So okay. uh, we've, been, we've set it up with the universe And uh, maybe they'll want to talk about uh, paranormal ghost and spirit supernatural television show all the paranormal shows but uh, we'll see if they show up uh, if they don't then Richard and I will be here to discuss it but uh, alright well folks it's going to be an interesting uh, level of languages etymology 
metaphysicians, ascension conscious experiences, and how we're going to get through the uh, future and the levels of uh, getting into statistics, economics, global economics, uh, globalization, and all the associations that all want to come together and be a part. So uh, know we're an uh, unincorporated association of social media on Facebook, and uh, we, we're on LinkedIn, and we use Pinterest and Twitter for right now, and another one, Tumblr, and occasional Reddit. But uh, I just hope you can find us. So I guess, Richard, for right now, Blog Talk will be our home base, although we have a bunch of uh, blogs, and uh, we have dimensions, and we have domains out there on American yep. Communications Online. So, Richard, I'll get with you as soon as I can, uh, but it seems like we're really trying to catch up with all those ahead of us in the future of Zayami. <laughs> Thank you. No, Richard. actually, we're already there. It's just a matter of us uh, networking in that perspective is all. That's all Together, it is. you think? All right. I know we are. Well, okay. Well, uh, Folks, uh, let me just mention, because this is our first uh, show with Richard and me on this conversation of spirituality and knowing and metaphysics is, uh, Richard, I use uh, the seven levels given to me uh, in my game of life is uh, the alpha verse is the, wait a minute, now I've got to start with a human form. So uh, uh, carbon-based uh Dating uh, is that what we say? Uh, he, uh, humans are the humanoids are biological entities, right? Then Correct. we have extra biology, uh, extraterrestrial biological entities (EBEs, EBENs). So right. we're going to start with universe, and we'll be discussing multiverses, which is as far as quantum physics has gotten is just accepting, but they're also accepting. The dimensions with the Ennead 9 and the 10 are uh, the Ennead 9 and the uh, add 1 with the 10 plus 1 plus 2, 11 and 12 dimensions. So we'll be working on that in the multiverses. So we've got uni, multi. Then we've got metaverses. Now the metaverses sit side by side and we'll start discussing not just what we've been taught in the astral plane, which a lot of people only got the earlier uh like law of one level are uh, the sources codes of uh, zero and one, and they're only in the digital and analog uh, realities. But when you go into the Xenoverse, that's the fourth dimension, and that is the unknown, and the Xeno X, Xenoverse. So then you've got Omniverse. So you've got Uni Multi Meta Xeno for all the gaming entertainment. Oh, my gosh, the lights just changed. Wow, outside, uh, absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, it's uh, flashed from dark to sunlight uh, back to dark. So the uni multi meta Xeno Omniverse. Yeah, and the Xenoverse is the one with the X-Files. <laughs> we keep the X-Files. So uni multi meta Xeno Omni. And then once you go for the five levels that you learn in Kabbalism, the five heavens, we have – Alphaverse, Mother Earth at six, which we're going to be helping, and seventh dimension, which is Omegaverse, so the seven heavens. Right. So a lot of people study those. So uni, multi, meta, 
Xena Omni that we know of in human form as Beta Alpha Theta Delta Gamma Sigma. No, we don't use Beta Alpha Theta Delta Gamma. Okay, those are the only five we know about. But uh, what we're teaching is Alphaverse and Omegaverse, as above, so below, Alphaverse, Omegaverse, Mother Earth, Father God is the way they say it. But etymology in Siami is going to be new words. So don't get lost in the forest for the trees. Is that the way we say it, Richard? Because it's That's all correct. about this. It's not just the words we pick and the language, but the content. So with that said, I have people coming over to use my resources to watch their movie tonight because they, in this reality, folks, a lot of people don't have uh, – a lot of food, clothing, shelter, and the basic necessities, much less use of the Internet. And we're doing our best to create a world where there's enough for everyone. Richard, you can agree to that. There's enough for everyone, isn't there? We're abundant. There's a plentitude. There's a plentitude. You're entitled to anything you can imagine. And all you have to do <laughs> is have the willpower to make it happen. And we will share how all of you can be the best self with the gift that you have as your essence and your energy, uh, using it in your biological carbon-based unit, working with extraterrestrials and angels above. So with that, love and light, uh, and uh, help us with uh, Hyperions out there and all those that are thinking of another way. They're all paths to the journey as we all go forth in this life after death. So love and light, there's life after life. Richard, any parting words? Yes, uh, there is only one significant thing in all of creation, and that is change. So when we speak of death, understand there is, is only the formation or transformation from one form to another. So your immortal self, which is your spiritual being, your soul consciousness, which is your personality, and your human consciousness and your human being are having an experience that is bonafide, realized, observed, created, understood, and digested by your spirit. That's good. So unconditional love can be namaste as well as the God in me recognizes the God in you, or the energy in me recognizes the energy, or the source in you recognizes the source in you and the source in me, or we can mirror each other for unconditional love. So exactly. unconditional love, folks, love uh, love one another is the, always the key to my music. That's the That's key what to I everything. That's the key to everything, love. And I miss my husband, Thomas Ray Morris. So to all you Thomases out there, love and light, and you have a wonderful Doubting Thomas name in the, <laughs> some this world. This is correct. But But Thomas can mean many things. So we're looking forward to a future with Richard Thomas Knight. Thank you, Richard. You've done, again, a marvelous job of creating synchronicity, serendipity, and ascension age. So thank you, Richard. You're uh, you're a good player, and you're filled with wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you, TJ. Wonderful pleasure as always. We may see you tomorrow night. All right. Sounds like a plan to me. Thank all you, right. Richard. Good night. Thanks, y'all. Thank you, all the audience members.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.